0: I have no modesty at all. None. It's a learned affectation. Very dangerous. Modesty is put on from without. Very dangerous. Because life will slam a modest person against the wall and the modesty will drop off faster than a G-string will drop off a stripper. Humility is the thing one wants. Humility comes from within out. Not out. On. So humility says someone was here before me, and I am here. I have something to do. I too have my responsibilities, and there'll be someone coming behind me, who I must prepare the way for. I just wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you. So a really city I go, I, I, I appreciate it. From the I ain't got my, my name. I mean, no wake up every morning, I pray. I done came a real long way. Every other ever city I go, I ain't got to tell them my name. If you hating, I just want to say thank you. Know you doing something right when they hate you. Running around telling people how they made you. Only reason why they mad, because they ain't you. Wake up every morning, I pray. I done came a real long way. Every other ever city I go, I ain't Tell them my name If you hate me I just wanna say thank you Know you doing something right when they hate you Running around telling people how they made you Only reason why they mad cause they hate you Nowadays I pull up in the range I remember having that train I gotta thank God for all the pain I got a nigga all up in the game Born I be over my game They jacking, I change and I didn't I can jump back on that plane, switch up cities Nowadays these niggas just look at me different i so you know business. Like, I just hold like yeah, a big i In the street Kappa, Omega alpha 55,
1: alpha like 5, 5, 5, 5, 5, 5 Beta Sigma, Iota 5 Theta, then, the then on the girl side for the sorority, you had Alpha Kappa Alpha, and Delta Sigma Theta, uh, Zeta Phi Beta, and Sigma Gamma Rho. So five five frats and four uh sororities Um gotcha. so the alphas, you know, were founded at Cornell. Um and the Alphas were the first the first black uh Greek organization to be um founded. After that, you know, you had then uh, AKAs were next, I believe. Yeah, were next, then uh, the Kappas, and the Q's, then the Deltas, um, Sigmas, Zetas, and so S- awesome. S- sg Rose and IOTAs, so forth.
2: What drew you to the to the alphas? Why why so, does it turn compared to a, not a yeah, Kappa or Sigmas are or even Q's. Right. I thought it was uh, a that were the first founded one. Is that not true? Nah, nah,
1: that's not true. So we yeah. my...
2: getting all my facts fucked
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I got you, bro. I'm gonna get you right. So, uh, so the alphas were founded in 1906. Kappas were 1911, I believe, and the Q's were 1911 as well. Um, the, and the deltas were 1913. The AKs were 1908. So the alphas and the AKs were the basically the first, the first two of all of them for the frats and for the sorority. So the Aka's were the first sorority and the Alpha's were the first frat. Pretty much, um, there's a little bit of like discrepancies with certain other um, social organizations that were founded and stuff like that. But on paper, for right now, we we that's, yeah, what that's, that's what that's what people that's what people go by. They go that's the you know the order. We're the first. That's what we say we're the first, the first, and stuff like that, and all that stuff like that. But um, as far I'm as I heard
2: that somewhere, I'm like, I heard that somewhere that. We're the first that you guys are the first and someone else is the first and that there was just a little bit of drama even with the historicals on that so that's why I was like all right
1: nah so yeah uh, yeah well if it was a capital or a Q uh and they listen it they they know <laughs> they can't even front they can't even <laughs> they can't even front <laughs> they gonna know they know yeah it's all. they were founded in 1911 we were founded in 1906 so you know we we gotcha. were founded before them. but yeah for me personally um like I said my uncle had a big part uh. In that, in the upbringing of uh, me wanting to be alpha, like I said, his when I was in high school, his chapter um, back home in Brooklyn, his graduate chapter. So you have undergraduate chapters and you have graduate chapters. Um, his chapter pretty much had like a high school program uh you know kind of like you know like basically enriching kids trying to get them to apply to college and stuff like that you know i went to xavier so i didn't really have too much of a big you know Xavier's. They they get you right at xavier but it had a lot of different more kids that went to public schools that didn't really have the exposure to it as much um so he kind of wanted me to come and hey you know i got you know i got this program i know you apply to your colleges already but it's by my frat and you know i just kind of want you to you know come out and hang out with some of the other kids that's going through the college process as well. You know, I know you kind of want to maybe we could help maybe tweak your resumes too. You know, pretty much it was just, I think it, we, met, we met every two, set like two Saturdays in a month. Like, so every other Saturday in a month. And we did like a pretty much a program where they had talked to us about colleges, what to expect when we go to college, um, choosing a major, um, you know, the social life, um, you know, obviously picking out, doing different applications. Like the, the Common App one was, I think, the one they definitely helped a lot of the kids with. Um... And that's pretty much. And then you just got to kind of see older black men, predominantly black. Mm-hmm. You know, mostly mostly black. You know, Latino, different. And the thing is, our friends it's, it's a historically black fraternity, but we have all races, and we yeah. have a, like we actually have a, a Italian guy in my chapter. Um, I know an Asian kid who's a, a alpha down here in the area. Um, so it's it's it's, it's and it's you get it more diverse. But the thing is, it's tailored towards you know black history, where you know everything African-American, you know, pretty much come from and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, seeing black men, you know, in their fields, coming back to give to the community, you know, as a growing boy, you know, it kind of sparked my interest of, you know, I was like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is different, man. Those role models. This may be something I, you know, I may want to look into in the future as well. You know, and then obviously as I started hanging out with him more, and he started, and my uncle, obviously he, nobody else in the family is in a frat but me and him. And he, you know, he told me before I went to college, he said, hey, man, you know, this is a decision that you have to make ultimately but i do want to say that you know, I forgot it's just right for you right he said i hope it is the right decision for you because you know this is the best decision i made he's like um and it'd be an honor to have but you know another person in our family just to be you know be a part of the frat you know what i mean and just growing up and seeing all the, everything that they did man just you know different things in the community and stuff like that i was like that's i'm so right there so when i came to Hampton, i already knew alpha was what i was gonna play you know what i'm saying um let, let let's do some
2: introductions. uh this is Eric. Welcome back to our communal audio space. Who who do I have the pleasure of speaking with right now? Hey, what's up, y'all? What's up, people? This is your boy Sheldon,
1: man. Um, down here living right now in Hampton, VA, originally from Brooklyn. My boy Eric been friends with this dude for uh I don't know how many years, man. you in sixth grade, right? Damn. Minute, right? <laughs> man, that's a long time. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Damn. It's really been that long. Yes, sir. I yes, pray. sir. Yes, sir. But I'm glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. Talk about, you know, just everything going on in the community and, you know, just life. That's a
2: fact. Yeah, so so went to HBCU, already knew that joining a fraternity was something that you wanted to do. Was it more for that influence that you're uncle was able to have on you or did you feel the need to um i guess have that sense of support
1: system so i want to tell you what what probably really fueled a lot of it coming from saint savior saint savior is a very mixed diverse place if you can agree or not like it's was, it was black the kids school. there white kids yeah i'm in school yeah it was black it was white it was asian mm-hmm. indian they had a they had a pretty good mix of races right i would think so. i think yeah. i think they did so felt then, like the way life should feel entirely Right, right. So then going from St. Xavier to Xavier. Now you know what type of environment that is. <laughs> predominantly like predominantly white all boy Catholic Jesuit high school. You know what I mean? So gotcha right there. So boom. He got we got a point in life where okay, I I've had the mixed environment. Now I have the PWR predominantly white environment at high school. Um I felt like the next step in life was, to, you know, the only thing I hadn't done was being all black environment. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, I was like, I think that's going to uh, heavily affect, you know, where I'm going to go to college at. HBCU HBC was probably going to be pretty high up there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I just wanted to, I wanted to immerse myself in a different culture. I wanted to kind of give myself a little bit of culture shock. Cause I'm not going to lie bro, like coming from Xavier and then coming to Hampton. I was like, dang, <laughs> I ain't been around niggas <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> 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 I got there, I'm like, oh, and a lot of the kids that came to Hampton, like they was they was they're well on. They think Hampton's a Hampton's a private school, so a lot of kids that go there, you know, a lot of their parents got, you know, money and stuff like that, you know, pay for them for school or whatever. Uh but they still went to b- b- black high school, so they was they came in there ready, you know, ready
0: for the turn up. This I'm, is a
1: different, right. is different culture, man. Man, mm-hmm. man, very different, very different. I had to, I had to adjust. For the, I want to, honestly, bro, for the first, man, my mom could probably tell you too, she, she'll say it to this day, for the first, like, semester, bro, I was, I did not like this shit. I, was
2: not Why, well, I guess what, what was the culture shock for you, especially being a black man and with your in the situation where you're with people who look like you now. Right. Complete so from your, from your high school. What was that adjustment period?
1: I think for me what it was it was coming from Xavier, you know, you know, you kinda used to being like the token black guy. <laughs> One of mm-hmm. those things. So like when I got to him yeah, like they tend to focus on you. Yeah, you're not the man anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> and that sounds bad, you know what I'm saying? Because it shouldn't be like that, you know what I'm saying? But it was just you know, it was just how I was in high school. You know, you got to just change your way, change your ways of thinking. Now, graduating now, I feel like I have conquered all pretty much like... I can, you know, I chill with anybody. I go hang with the homeboys in the hood, you know, the niggas in the hood. Or I could, you know, go kick it with the the financial um, and bankers down on Wall Street. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, because we got friends in that area and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So at first, it was like I said, at first it was a shock, but then it got over real quick. You know what I'm saying? Other point, too, you know, obviously, you know, then my studies what I was doing, I just thought, well, I'm here to just get this education. So let me just go ahead and boom, 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 get this done. Um, and then everything else will fall in place, and that, you know that's that's what happened, man. Everything fell in place, and you know it wound up being a good experience probably would consider doing like the same process that i had as growing up for my kids like that i had to probably mm-hmm. do it for them like probably put them in like di- each different type of environment so they get a little taste of everything you know what i'm saying because you you don't want your you know you don't want your kids to kind of grow up and just knowing one environment like being in the hood their whole life or being in the yeah. uppity uppity environment their whole life you know what i'm saying you need Not to passionate. right so you just want to you just want to experience different things you know what i mean so i think that was a that was a big determinative factor um why i chose hbcu um the main other thing was you know they had a pharmacy school howard had a pharmacy school too and i had a couple other uh pwi colleges you know on my list of pharmacy school as well liu that was just staying back home but i wanted to you know i want to get away bro like i want to get away I take those home. risks those yeah. positive risks, right, right. Learn more about yourself make mistakes you know obviously no mistakes that's going to take your life away or anything like that but you know make mistakes that you could learn and grow from um and I definitely, I definitely think I did, man. I definitely think I would tell anybody that if they could go away to college, that's like the, that's the number one thing to do. You know what I mean? I, I really feel that way about mm-hmm. that. Really feel like going away to college really develops you as a man or a woman. Um, you know, introduces you to adult life. And Even right having now. a having a privilege, having a privilege, to be able to. Go, advanced right.
2: education. I feel like it's a blessing,
1: right? Even so, yeah, you're right about that, bro. You're right about that. Because yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, man, struggling out here still with that, you know. And I, it's definitely a blessing in itself.
2: And it's interesting too, because I know you said that you you went to um, pharmacy school and you were doing pharmacy out in HU. I feel like, especially within our community, we have an interesting relationship with doctors with mm-hmm. um, big pharma companies. Mm-hmm. I guess how how are you able to utilize what you've learned I mean, throughout graduate school like even in practice now and still feel like you're doing to the best of your ability, taking care of your community? Because hmm. sometimes I feel like whenever I do feel sick, I like to take more of a natural approach, right. more natural remedies in order to heal myself because I, I start feeling guilty over time when I am, filling my body with prescription drugs, whether it's Tylenol or even Benadryl or even Dayquil. And I know that those are a little bit on the on the lower end of things, but what is your relationship with um because I would assume that going to an HBCU, you guys have a different core knowledge or the, the information that's being taught um, also
1: surrounds um Yeah. I see, I see history, what you know? I see what you're saying. Okay. So and I'm gonna just be quite frank with you too about this too. Um mm-hmm. A lot of the i won't say i won't say a lot but I will take my school for example um my school has they've had a problem with struggling with our um our license and passing tests once we graduate, so we graduate right we graduated in may we have to take a you know just like any other probably most healthcare providers um doctors mm-hmm. dentists nurses um PAs, nurse practitioners, anybody, physical therapists, anybody, they got a pharmacist, they gotta take a certain type some type of licensed exam to, you know, practice. So ours is called a Naplex for pharmacists, um, the Naplex exam. And, and you take this exam and you also have to take whatever state you're practicing, you have to take a a pharmacy law exam for that state. Every state has a different law. So say I'm got working you. in Virginia right now, what I'm you know, I remember I told you I moved to like northern Virginia area d c area um if I want to practice in d c or Maryland, I have to take a law test for that state, but I don't have to take the naplex okay. the naplex is the main test that pretty much is your curriculum throughout pharmacy school, everything you've compiled in school mm-hmm. should be on this test should keyword remember the word should should be on this test of what you learned throughout school um my school with for, to be quite honest, um, a couple years, going on a couple years now, I would say probably about six, seven years, they've had some struggles with um, graduating classes getting a certain percentage of pass rate on the, for the first time attempt for students. So that's something that my school has been working on diligently um, to improve the curriculum of the school. Um, going back to the natural medicine talk. We had a teacher. Her name was Dr. Morris. So I'll never forget her. Older white lady, probably her 70s. Uh, she was like the only teacher that was really kind of pushing like the herbalism route. I mean, most mm-hmm. most pharmacy schools, most um, med schools, dental schools, stuff like that, they're not going to – they don't teach you a lot of it per se. A lot of it, honestly, is stuff that you're going to probably have to look up on your own, do a lot of research on my own. We do things called – CE's continuing education credits. Uh where we can pick pretty much basically any topics we want and like mm-hmm. do a certain amount of quizzes and lectures on them each year to pretty much renew our license. I think we had to do fifty. This was my first year I had to do it because the first year I got licensed we didn't have to do them. Sec after that first year that we did. Um so, so I picked topics that I wasn't familiar with, which was pretty much natural medicine because as you know, right now, bro, like everything, um, you know. I don't know if you know who Doc. You know, Doctor Sebi. Do you know who that is? Have you, have you heard of him? Pretty much. I don't know too I've much about.
2: I've heard. Of, of, I, I've heard of Doctor Sebi, but yeah, always expanding.
1: Right, right, right. Pretty much, you know, a, a herbalist guy who you know, pretty much just pushes natural medicine. Um, Alkaline in the body, you know, with different types, you know, natural foods, you know, getting away from processed foods, all that stuff like that. Pretty much a person that stays away from, he stayed away from it, all this um, modern day prescription medicine, her say. Gotcha. Um, claim to have... Cures for cancer and stuff like that. I'm gonna say all all the stuff, everything they probably demanded because I I haven't even done too much research on it myself. My whole boy Drew, uh, you know Drew my my LB. He uh he's he's a very heavy advocate for him. He's been doing like a lot of research on himself, you know YouTube videos, just stuff that he can use and kind of because the thing is when you practice in medicine or whatever you know of the healthcare mm-hmm. field, a lot of the stuff is is um is guess and check. A lot of it. Everything is, you know, obviously the medications we have on the shelves—they're tested in clinical trials. There are four, there are four different indications, or what have you. But a lot of things when they, when doctors or physicians prescribe you certain things, um, it's a, it's a guess and check. It's like, all right, we're going to try this. If it's a chronic condition, I would say something chronic like blood pressure, diabetes, uh, cholesterol. But, no,
2: but knowing that it's a guess and check, why did you still decide to? Why go did I, Why did I decide to go into pharmacy, it? Pharmacy, yeah, or just medicine? And, well pharmacy well, medicine in general but that's what i'm saying with with the interesting relationship that right um african americans have with pharmaceutical companies right um right even if you're looking at the numbers with regards to medical malpractice uh, right why was that still something that um i guess inspired you inspired me to want to pursue
1: um just honestly man kind of like kind of like i was planning like the being a the frat i chose man um I had different people in my life that were in the healthcare care field, um, you know, shadowing mm-hmm. different people. It was just something that really sparked my interest. I just wanted to maintain, and you know me, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just like to kind of help others. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that was the easiest way that for me to help other people. Mm-hmm. you know what you know whether it be through you know just everything things that you know obviously like just everything things in life you always want to kind of you always want to kind of give back in a certain way i feel like that would be i'm like this would be a cool cool thing to do you know what i mean like i can help people possibly you know manage their conditions manage this you know maybe possibly you know even cure. you know not even you know care certainly but just probably help people manage their lifestyles better you know what i mean Um, i felt like gotcha. that was something real important um why I chose healthcare in general, why pharmacy specifically? Um, I had a I had a pharmacist uh, in my family. One of my cousins, he's a pharmacist. He talked to me multiple times, you know, about it and stuff like that. You know, I was young in high school, you know, I didn't really know too much. You know, then I just you know started doing my research on my own and stuff like that. And uh, my high school actually offered a pretty much like a volunteering uh, experience, but it was at a hospital. It was in a pharmacy. It was a hospital pharmacy, inpatient. Um, so I got to see all that stuff, and you know, I was just really interested in it. And also, too, bro, I don't know if you – you probably – because you didn't – yeah, this was when I was in third grade. I don't know if I ever told you, but I used to have seizures from third to fifth grade. Um, and uh, – so- just randomly or so did you did you did you know when they
2: were about to occur so people around you know when they're gonna occur the first one that happened
1: no one can recall what happened obviously my parents wasn't there and that i was young and you know Mm -hmm. when you have a seizure um a lot of times you know you have a little bit of memory loss stuff like that but pretty much i think what happened was something happened on the playground i think i fell down hit my head that's what caused the first one but at that age with seizures a lot of time a lot of them are um how can i say it um Age-based, like a lot of them, some kids have seizures through you know a certain chart of childhood. If they have you know if something happens, you know a trauma to the brain or something like that, they'll mm-hmm. kind of keep having recurrent ones for a couple you know maybe like years or so. And that's what happened to me. I had them from like third to fifth grade. Um, I had maybe like maybe like two, not me not like. When you think about a seizure, you probably think of someone fall out on the floor and you know the jerk and the movement. Nah, yep. that's they have different types of seizures. Um, I can't even like get into all you know, all the types of them they have tonic-clonic, which is the main gen, like cute generalized seizure, which is basically like the ones you see on TV, people just jerking movements, eyes rolling back, whatever. But then they have different other types, which are kind of like you like pretty much space out and you'll faint, you know, and or you won't faint, or you'll kind of like blankly like be staring you know pretty much at like a wall or something like that and you know you'll get back into consciousness and you'll be like what happened or something like that um but i kind of had a little mix of pretty much kind of all of those seizures you know um throughout that course i would say maybe i had like two or three a year maybe and then they just i kind of pretty much grew out of them i I was able to get off the get off the seizure medication um and i haven't had one since since the fifth grade um so that that um definitely heavily influenced me because uh, you know I, I wanted to understand more I'm like well what is this what what caused oh, your body about yourself what's causing that inside of you right yeah. right you know right I was like what, what what caused me to have that what was you know what, how was it treated why was i taking that medication you know and every time I come mm-hmm. across that medication in the pharmacy now I know no like, oh, that's what I was doing you know what I'm saying so Got you. That uh, that fueled a lot of it too bro is able to make it relate. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely.
2: Definitely did. That's understandable. Yes. Sir. I'm really. I'm really curious. So I was in um a fraternity in college as well. Oh yeah. Was not and it was not um a historically black frat. Right. I'm curious of um just certain cultural elements, whether it's stepping or um there's like a face that <laughs> a lot of people make or at least oh, the grit. within your fraternity the grit. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's like just different cultural elements that I've heard. There, there's certain rumors about certain levels of abuse. Like, what what allows you to, I guess, continuously like want to build the brotherhood or or fit, or that
1: family in your eyes? Man, I'll tell you this, and you know, it's 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 crazy because you know. So when you first started journey to become, you know, a part of this frat the main thing that the word that you're going to keep hearing is whatever frat or sorority is, it's either going to be brotherhood or sisterhood. And the reason why, bro, like, my girlfriend, Natalie, like, she's a Delta. Her line sisters, man, like, they're, like, when I tell you, like, they go on all type of trips together, like, they be, they really become to be, like, second second family. You know what I mean? And for me, you know, I kind of wanted that, too, because, you know, I got two older brothers, but they didn't really grow up in the house with me, you know, Dwayne and Walter. But coming to college, you know what I'm saying, I never had that, like, it's right that right next to you, sibling. Like you know, you got you got you got five siblings live, that you grew up in the house with, right? Right? Is it five? Mm-hmm. Or it's five mm-hmm. of y'all? Or six? Yeah. So growing up in the house, I was pretty much like an only child a little bit. So I was kind of like, man, that was like, that was another part of it that really pulled me to wanting to be be a part of whatever frat, not even just Alpha specifically, just be a part of something bigger to just gain like that brotherhood relationship, man. Because I'm gonna tell you something, like when you're going through the process of, uh, you know trying to get it in this fraternity or trying to get it in this sorority the only people you got is your line brothers and your line sisters y'all go through pretty much war you know trying to get into this fraternity man together you going to have a lot of people breaking you down telling you, you can't do it and when y'all when you get to the end of that tunnel together man it's it's a great feeling then after it that's when all the, that's when I feel like that's when all the, everything you put in, like weekends like this, like I told you, I went up to see a couple of my LBs this weekend, well, my pretty much my whole chapter. And it's just good times, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, but specifically, like your line of brothers, like, I, they're even my pro fights. And basically, okay, I can kind of explain that too. So, like, a pro fight is pretty much the, the beat your. <laughs> I'm going to get the whole break. Down. Yeah, yeah. So, I just want anybody that doesn't understand, you know, I want them to just get it. So, when you hear the word profite, think of. Your big brother is someone who is basically bringing, you know, newer guys in the chapter. The newer guys who are coming into the chapter are called the neophytes or neos, pros and neos. Pretty much uh, your profites is the one, your big brothers are the one that's bringing you into this chapter or um, into this fraternity or sorority um, and, you know, pretty much guiding you along the way. Um, They're going to break you down on the during the way as well because that's the point of it. The point of it is to pretty much test you, to test and see. These things that we're putting you through, these are nothing. This is nothing compared to what you're gonna experience in life. I know some people may say, Oh, that's so cliche,
2: that's
1: so cliche. Okay, so that's
2: that's an element for it too. To be able to, I guess, like tougher the skin on the outside and inside, just so you know what's going to be in the room. Yeah, you're right, everything
1: is not going to be. It's not, it's not, and I will say this, bro, like. Some people, like you were saying, uh, uh speculations of like abuse and stuff like that. Some people do; they take it too far. There's, there's, there's been several different um threats, and you know, I can't name. I don't want to name the ones, you know. Um, yeah, it's not even necessary. Yeah, but it's several different frats and sororities that have went through different types of lawsuits and everything. You know, uh, people just doing the wrong things, man. Like, there's certain things like, you know what's too much and you know what's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all went to college. Do you feel like the battle's worth it?
2: Do you feel like the battle is worth it every single moment of the day?
1: While you're going through that process, you, from, from what, from what you Yeah, from what you've gained. I do, bro. I do. I may not have thought that while I was going through it, but uh, looking back, man, you know, I couldn't see myself not doing, not doing, taking this opportunity up in life, honestly. Would I do it again? Hell no. (laughs) But (laughs) I wouldn't do it again. It's done, it's over with. We're going to leave it right there. But you know what I'm saying? Um, I I definitely, I definitely, I definitely believe that, um, or I definitely would say that I, it's something I wouldn't have left out of my life.
2: What were I guess the biggest lessons that you learned about yourself going to an HBCU, being part of a historically black frat, um
1: that holds
2: a lot of history behind it? Hmm. Any pieces of advice that you have? Just
1: Um, I don't wanna start off on a negative tip, but well this is probably just a general thing, general advice. Just you're gonna learn a life in general, whether it be in college or whatever, but um not saying related to HBCUs but just you can't trust everybody you're going to have you're going to have people that you know and not even maliciously but you're going to have people that you were cool with and they, you know they they fall off and that's fine it's, it's some stuff like that is natural you know what i mean um that's maybe one thing a second thing oh this is a big one too okay so here's what i also noticed too about um HBCUs and frats and sororities and just honestly just people fraternizing in general I've noticed mm-hmm. that black kids, African Americans that go to HBCUs versus African Americans that go to PWIs. What I've noticed is sometimes at the HBCUs, it's sometimes of a a competition amongst us. Now here's where that's like kind of weird because honestly, when we get out into the real world, like a lot of I'm not trying to say that it always has to be like this, but it usually helps them when we stick together. You know what I mean? Like... It always helps. Yeah. Always Yeah, helps. bro. Like, I mean, I'm not, just to be blunt, you know what I mean? Like, it... I think we, as we just got to do a better job of uplifting each other and not thinking about it as a competition. Because I will say, a lot of the experiences I've had at HBCUs, like, it's like, you know... When you taking a step above someone else, they kind of like, they get a little bit salty sometimes. I'm like, bro, like, we all here trying to do the same thing. You know what I mean? Let me help myself so I can help you as well. Right, 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 right. Not to the point where they're going to, like, drag you down, but it's like, course, yeah. yeah, man. I know I know for a fact, um, a lot of, like, fraternity, you know, there's frat beef and stuff like that with the different frats or different sororities, like, a lot of it is based off of, oh, this one did better than us this week, so we gotta one-up them. It's not about that, bro. Every fraternity sorority was founded on, you know, whatever ideals they had, you know what I'm saying? But the one common goal is uplift everybody they trying to uplift themselves uplift the community and uplift you know just life in general you know what i mean so i think a lot of us uh lose sight of that sometimes i wish that it could be a that could get help get a better better job done of that um not to say that's the that should be a deterrent factor for anybody but it's just like just know you know try to be that person to try to like maybe bring people together a little bit more you know what i'm saying
2: Light skin and they supposed to be bougie, so they get white friends. First day of school, I'ma take you in. show you what we do on weekends for a sight She said I know what you about to say, like your hype man. That like she a nigga here, and now she only date white man. And if a nigga even wave at her, it, it's frightening, but. the word in they vein. you heard of the name quality the truth like i'm coming out the mouth of base. one for in and one for out the grave niggas want their reparations how you calculate the amount to be paid you try to imagine america without the slaves the slaves
0: she went and protested cause her best friend's man got popped he was 16 years old the cop thought his phone was a glock in the hood it's an everyday happening in front of the precinct she chews out the captain she yells out why y'all do this to black men come on
2: ways to make better days whether crime or rhyme i heard that rebel pays on the scene trying to get green like everglades the music riding it good like escalades in a ghetto infested by shade and drama and niggas with things ain't afraid of karma i'm thinking
0: big like little wayne in the hard Is that But never give them your true thoughts Terrorism on blacks, they poison our new courts Patriot sports. act and effect, make it hard to breathe now <gasps> Johnny Cochran dead, who gon' give us us free now? Clint ain't in office, who gon' give us shit free now? Who gon' make it better for the thugs and the pee now? Who gon' make it good for old folks to see now? Oh, it's good music, yeah, dog. I sing now